Welcome to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. Praise God. Choose deliverance. Deliverance is from what? <laughs> and I've been speaking about this. Yeah, but everybody's asking, deliverance from what? Well, I said some things here, you know. You know, deliverance from the constitutional infirmities, those things that the devil will try to bring to you. Temper. Are you suffering from temper tantrum? Does everything trigger you and cause you to lose your mind? Are you suffering from... Do you, are you, do you have a gratton spirit of appetite? You just love to eat and you have found yourself out of shape. Appetites. What kind of appetites do you have? Uh, are they appetites of uh, the worldly nature? You know, and uh, all the propensities, you know, are you suffering from that? And so I want you to help you to overcome the issue of the conflict. If the devil, I want you to remember this, you know, it's important. I always, when I counsel people, I tell them this. If the devil gains the day, it means he ruins your soul. Just a day or what you need to do. Don't allow idle mind to linger in you because the devil is looking to gain a day in your life. Once again, most of the people, I've seen people say, I'm so frustrated. I, you know, I just don't understand. I don't have anywhere to go. He makes you panic. And I, I've heard the stories that he was just okay at home. Everything was going on well. And from nowhere, something just got him. You know, it was around one in the morning. He says, let me just take a drive. And he runs, maybe there's gunshots and people there shooting drugs. You should have waited in the house and just asked God, God, what's going on in my life? What do I need to do? Then you get yourself in trouble. Or you end up in an accident. Or you end up doing something that is foolish. So be very, very careful in what you're doing. So think of the importance of the strife and strain every name for conquest. How to resist the devil. Neither give place to the devil. I Shared with you, you know, the Bible tells us don't give an opportunity to the devil. And the devil is looking for such kind of opportunities. All right. How then can we most effectually resist the enemy, the devil, Satan? Think of the promises of your heavenly Father, our God, our Lord, through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The purpose of his eternal life. Think why he loved you. Think of some of your friends that uh, maybe you grew up with them. And uh, uh, you grew up with them. And those friends of the, yours, they are no longer living. They are dead. Some out of just unfortunate. Some out of something that they were careless in life some out of the difficulties and the bondages that they went to, and some they joined wrong companies. <clears throat> they, you know, they say, long companies ruins 
good morals. So you join a wrong company or people who speak things that are evil. You destroy. I always tell my children myself, be careful who you befriend. Be careful those that hangs around you. Be careful who speaks in your life. You know, I always talk to all my children to say, choose your company very well. Bad companies ruins good morals. So your morals can be destroyed because of that. So think of the promises of Jesus Christ. Think the purpose of eternal love, the perfect and the glorious attributes of his nature. Think of them of which are engaged on your behalf. Think of them. <laughs> then the second thing, think of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the wondrous work he has done and is still doing for you. These thoughts will strengthen your resolve to resist the devil. You know, um, one time I was living in Livingstone and uh, I'd invited missionaries uh, from the United States to come and visit me in Zambia. And uh, they came to Livingstone at the Victoria Falls. And when you're at the Victoria Falls there, you see the rainbow. You know, it just engulfs you. And there's a place that they call the Knife Bridge. And uh, that rainbow just surrounds that place. You see it because of uh, the fresh of the water and what is happening. And uh, I became so familiar that to me, it was just a rainbow. <laughs> and uh, my friends, there were a number of them that uh, came from the United States. And when they came, you know, they looked at that. And some of them began to weep. And uh, they raised their hands and they started singing. Then sings my soul, how great that my God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And I sat there, I said, why are they singing this song? To them, they saw the wonder of God. I was seeing the wonder of God, but I was familiar to the wonder of God that I never appreciated what God was doing or has done. Familiarity breeds contempt. I was looking at that wonder. And I never realized. And when those friends of mine, the missionaries, they were holding revivals, when they studied how great they are, it brought the meaning to me. I had to repent. And as they are weeping, I understood the meaning. I began to weep. And when we left, they asked me, says, David, do you know how great a God is? How he created this Victoria Falls. It's not a Victoria Falls. It's nine or, one of the wonders of the world. I think it's a, one of the nine or seven wonders of the world. I'm, I'm not so sure, but it's due to, uh, you can check in, uh, you know, geograph or, you know, some of the things it can tell you. And he says, do you know, did you see how the water falls? He says, that's, that, my friend, there is the handwriting of God. And they began to explain, and they sang and they sang. And every day, when they were with me in Livingstone, Zambia, Africa, they desired to go to the Victoria Falls. 
and they reached there, they praised God. When they left, I never saw the Victoria Falls with a familiarity spirit. I saw the hand of God. It just brought the meaning. So that company was a great company. God ordained people that showed me what I was just looking as a natural thing. They showed me how God was able to prove his wonders. So what am I saying to you today? Look at God. Look at what he does. Look at how the things that he has made, do you appreciate them? Do you love them? Do you see God's handwriting? Or you're just familiar? You say, well, this looks beautiful. You know, now living in the United States, I've been into places whereby my jaws has dropped. Like when I go to the mountains there to see the mountains, uh, uh, just to see how it is. You know, and you look at the colors of the leaves, how they change. You know, sometimes maybe I'm driving on the interstate to see the beauty. And I, I just say, I marvel. I say, thank God, thank God, you know, for bringing me to this part of the world. You know, when I remember one time I was in Seoul, Korea, and it was during the Christmas period. And from the airport, you know, to where I was going to Seoul uh, to see uh, the way how the colors of Christmas and the brightness, the joy. And uh, I couldn't just help it, but to thank God. I says, my God, what a great God. So sometimes we're given the privilege uh, to honor God, but we don't honor God because we become too familiar. My friend, don't be familiar with God, what he's doing. Prayer should be your defense in the hour of trial. Whenever you're going through something, think of that the enemy is trying me, and I'm choosing deliverance, and I'm not going to be familiar to what is going on, and I'm going to use prayer as my defense. Consider the devil's cruelty, hostility, and the final destiny. The devil is going to be cast into bottomless period of the lake of fire is going to be tormented. So he's not a good friend because at the end, he's not going to protect you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I, I'm trying to teach you. The devil, if you side with the devil, you'll be miserable and you'll be wimping with him into the pitiless period of hell. And you'll be saying, oh God, I wish I was wise. I wish I listened. The devil, you lied to you. One sin makes room for more. One sin keeps up the devil's interest like a nest of eggs left to draw a new temptation. So, you know, when a snake sees where there are eggs, he will always come over there and get those eggs and eat them. It's food. So, the devil... He's not your friend. Wherever the door is open, he'll do something. By allowing one sin, we disarm and deprive ourselves of having a consciousness argument to defend ourselves against 
any other evil. So don't allow the devil to overcome you. He that can go against his conscience in one cannot be conscious against any other. So make sure that the devil, remember how, what he did to Eve, you come and speak you know, to your mind. I counsel people sometimes that uh, are going through trials or maybe they have a case with the court. And I, I tell them, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a judge, but uh, I'm a servant of God and I want to help you. And I want you to tell me nothing but the truth. And how, if it requires repentance, I want you to repent. Then God will help you. <clears throat> so I beg them to tell me the truth. And some of them I don't have got to speak for a long time. They'll tell me, you know, it's me who is wrong. I did this and that. And I plead the blood of Jesus and ask it says, be faithful, be strong. And then let's see what a God. I said, keep on asking God to help you. And some of them, they have been acquitted, or some of them, they have been given lenience, or some of them, their punishment has not been so strong like that because they have God hears, understands our hearts. And that's the way how it is with our salvation. If you go to God faithfully and you repent yourself, God, you'll be faithful to forgive you. And if the authority of God owes him for one, it will from all. Amen? So God, what he does, he, once he knows, I am, this is my child, he brings terror to the enemy. He terrifies the devil. And once the devil is afraid of you because of the, because of the presence of God, the devil will be afraid of you in everything. How can I do this and sin against God? Joseph said, um, I doubt not, but his answer would have been the same as his mistress had bid him to lie for her, to lie with her as when she was enticed. She enticed him to lie with her. So this man here, Joseph, you know, the wife of the high authority in Egypt, in Egypt, wanted to fornicate or to commit a doubter with her. And uh, Joseph said, how can I sin against God? <laughs> but she, she was literally a very forceful, fierce, advancing with such a force of enticement. Now, listen to this. The ninth commandment would have bound him as well as the seventh. The apostle exhorts not to give place to the devil, implying by yielding to one, we lose our ground. And what we lose, he gains. <laughs> I'm going to repeat this. What you lose when you give yourself or you open a door to the devil, he gains. All right? If you lose the battle, you open yourself to what the devil does, he gains. So that means the devil doesn't only bring one thing, he compounds things. One time I was sick, I was very sick, I was caught up with uh, some kind of spirit that had attacked me. And uh, during that time when I was sick, 
when I went to see the doctor, I was thinking I'm only sick with one thing. But then the doctor started prescribing different things. And, you know, when they took my bride and everything, he started saying, I see this in you. I see this in you. I see this in you. And I said, how come? What have I done? And I realized I'd opened the door to the spirit of fear. I'd made, you know, the enemy to defeat me. And I, I started asking God to forgive me. I started asking God, you know, to remove the spirit of fear. And when that left me, I was truly, truly delivered. I was no longer a victim of bondage. The apostle exhorts not to give place to the devil by implying, by yielding yourself, we lose our ground, like I said earlier, and we lose, he gains, and let him alone to improve in all the advantages over your life. One sin, one sin will widen your destruction until you fail to come out of it. Have you ever seen people that are addicted to drugs? They'll say, you know, when I started this, it was just a joke, you know, with friends, and we wanted to be high. But now I can do without drugs. They sleep in the streets. You know, they lose their families. Uh, you know, we used to live in Florida, in Melbourne, Florida, and there was this young lady, very good young-looking lady coming from a great family. But uh, she got herself involved into drugs. And uh, she left where she used to live in Melbourne with the family that loved her. And she was anointed. She could sing like an angel when she sings. And she started running to around the area of Temple Color where the drugs were in the streets. And I asked the parents, I said, why? He says, uh, you know, she started, she has everything in the house. She has parents who had everything. The parents, they were very wealthy. But it's, she opened a door and it, she started abusing and using drugs. And I don't know how her life is, but she used to go and come back, go, come back. And she was completely wasted to the point that you can't believe what have just happened to this beautiful young lady what is going on with the ministry that she has the anointing that she has when you see her in the streets you don't think she'll have a great home she'll have a, a great husband or she'll have a great career the parents were telling me how brilliant she was but because of uh, she opened a door to evil, evil when it comes, it's like leprosy. Leprosy is just like a spot on your body and it chooses the part of the body it wants. Then it'll just keep on widening until you have no hands, until part of the body is destroyed by this kind of sickness or disease. Now, here's what I'm saying. One sin widen your destruction until you fail to come out of it completely. You fail, and it becomes a habitual sin. That's what it drugs does. There are a lot of people that are addicted even to cigarettes. 
I remember, you know, I went to the boarding school in my younger days. And I thank God, you know, my friends could smoke cigarettes. And I would say, hey, and I thought that, that was life, but I could smoke cigarettes. And every time when I smoke cigarettes, in my mouth I felt like there's an ashtray. I said, what is going on? Even the food never tasted good. You know, it was just, you know, my breath was very bad. Why? is because I had opened to this. And I started to say, I don't think I'm for smoking. And I started hating it more and more. And I don't even touch cigarettes. And I'll never touch cigarettes again because I am covered by the blood of Jesus. My mouth, my tongue, my breath is covered by the blood of Jesus. One sin opens the mind to more. One sin opens. So choose deliverance. If one thief is in the house, he will let the other criminal friends come in because they have the same disposition and design. So they'll come and they totally destroy you and completely wipe you out. So it's important to realize that, uh, you know, God have something. So, you know, I'll be sharing with you how to resist the devil. Don't give place to the devil. How then can we most effectually resist him? So I'm, I'm going to look at that position uh, so that you can come to the point where we resist. Oh, then, I'm, you know, we'll be looking at how to resist the devil. So how to resist the devil? Don't give place to the devil. Uh, don't give place. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I said, don't, don't resist. Resist the devil. Run from the devil. That was a mistake. Don't give place. I meant to say, don't give place to the devil. How then we can most effectually resist him? As I said earlier on, think of the promises of your heavenly father, the purpose of his eternal love, the perfect and the glorious attribute of his nature all of which are engaged on your behalf. All right? Think of the promises. Think of the person of the Lord Jesus. And then when you think of these things, it will change your life. You will never be the same again. One needs to remember not to yield to the devil. We may be sure that the devil never means good, but always evil. You know it. That he never means good, but he's always evil. Disarm him by studying the word of God. You know, Paul says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The more we yield to the influence of Satan, the devil, your enemy, the further he will press his authority over your life. And you know when he possesses you, he, he will never allow you to be free. He controls you to the very last moment of your born. Everything that you do. You want to do something, then he says, I don't know this thing. I've done this for the longest since I was young. You know, you become addicted. All right? So make sure you don't yield yourself to that. The more you yield to his influence, the further he will place his authority. And the more you, the more complete will be his dominion 
over your life. No one is obliged to yield to the devil. We can conquer if we will and put focus on the blood of Jesus Christ and know who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, that's why the Bible says it very clearly and helps us. Likewise, you who are young, be subject to the elders. You know, find people who are wise. Find the elders. Be subject to them. And the Bible tells us, cross yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes, opposes the pride, but it gives grace to the humble. How, how much do you enjoy the grace when you are humble? Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, may exalt you. Then he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Amen. Praise God. So, we're going to go to uh, Polycast uh, 18 and I'll be sharing much more on what God is doing there. Thank you. God bless you. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are released.